A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Match Ball Podcast for the Sheffield Wednesday away game. Full-time whistle has just gone at Hillsborough. So we're straight in the studio to give you our full-time thoughts. I'm Dan Moylan. With me, Michael Normanson. Hello. And Moscow White as well, Daniel Chapman. Hello there. Podcast brought to you by Levi Solicitors as well. 10% off your legal fees when you mention the square ball when you inquire with them. Head to levisolicitors.co.uk. Right then, bit of a grind that one then, boys. Are we happy to take a point? In the end, yeah, we were not very good, which is rare to say. But I think this is this is one of the first first games in probably Bielsa's time where I can genuinely say we lost control of that for, for large periods. Monk is annoying, isn't he? It's strange how he starts the third time he's sort of... I don't want to say he's got the better of Bielsa, but kind of has. He just seems to have this ability to just sit there in his gilet with his horrible strawberry face... It was, not, it was a jacket with a gilet sort of disguised within it today. Mm, Interesting choice. And not do anything. He always looks bordering on very, very ill, does Gary Monk, doesn't he? Really quite ill. Whereas Bielsa was uh, hood up, walking around in circles. Um, I saw him described as he looked like the Unabomber. <laughs> Straight out of the woods. So he was, um, yeah, stressing his little self out and, and unable to uh, to help us get out of our own half for, for much of it. I think maybe it's that Monk has got Bielsa sussed out in just the one way. It's a one-dimensional way of stopping him, isn't it? Because, I mean, for all they were dangerous, we had our chances too, don't you think? Yeah, there were definitely... I mean, the Bamford one at the end of the first half, but that was the f- first real opening we'd had in the game, which is rare. Normally, in the first, so the first 20 minutes, we is when we seem to create most of our chances and miss them all. Whereas that was the, our first opportunity. We should have had a penalty as well in that first half. It's mm-hmm. worth mentioning. It was um, it was one of those where there wasn't much of a pull, but it was Ben White weirdly uh, dancing around players in their area, and it was one of those where there's a there's a bit of a pull. And he went down a bit late, but there was as much contact certainly as the one that was given against Cooper in last year's playoff semi. You know, one of those where the defender just gives a little bit of a tug back. They were at it all game, weren't they? The shirt pulling. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it particularly affected as the. There were a few strange decisions in there, including the offside where there were about half of the Sheffield Wednesday team playing someone onside. But it was a bit annoying. It's very much a, like you can see Monk making them practice shirt pulling. That's the thing. I think that's why this does leave such a sour taste in my mouth. Is that then they they, they rehearse that shit house tactic and then it goes and works. Why did it get away from us today? Then was it just Monk? The tactics? What two, the two shit houses up front? What was it? Conditions? I thought we didn't. Uh, overall, I, I was fearful of the, of how they'd. Attackers in the air when they have because um, Nihui, I don't, I'm not quite sure how you pronounce his name, but he, I mean he's a proper 
beast of a man. Like he was him against Ben White. He's probably got about three inches and, and about three stone on Ben White, I would guess, because he's he was just people were bouncing off him. But I thought overall Ben White actually controlled him pretty well. He was winning headers when he was coming deep to win them off goal kicks and stuff. But that's when he wasn't up again ben, against Ben White. Well, Ben White won one of those above him. I noticed it. Yeah, he got at least one. He got up over him, so it was a good performance by little Ben. It was just, I think, for me, Gentle it was more, Ben, as I like to call. <laughs> we for a few weeks now, we've not had much control through the centre of the pitch, and it's all been down the wings. And today, the wings were hopeless on both sides. I don't think. I mean, Costa, we've kind of expected him to do something at some stage, but we might need to spend thirty million pounds on a winger. Mm. Costa, Costa was. Not terrible when he started running in off the wing. He was doing a bit of Pablo's job because there was that big space in the first half in front of their penalty area and a couple of times he drove into that with the ball um, and then wasn't particularly, nothing really came of it. So there wasn't, and that wasn't always his fault. I'm sure he played a decent pass off one and it just, nothing happened. So that looked all right. But then, yeah, second half, he just faded completely out of the game. So he may as well not have been there. So I'm trying to give him, you know, some a little bit of credit. Positivity. Go on, Helder. Get better. Is it that we've got expectations of him that are so high and he's not yet got there? But then, you know, the whole team's not there either, is it? No, I mean, I'd say he's behind most of the team, though, at this stage, is Costa, which you you are entitled to expect more from him, I, I would say. Not his game, admittedly, you know, it's a bad pitch for him, probably. It's, well, there's not an awful lot of space in behind with the way they were playing. So he's not able to run at people in the same way. But then you look, then Nketiah came on and all of a sudden he was able to run at people. So maybe it is there for you if you mm. if you want it. It is. Sometimes it's down to kind of play because when we met up with you and you said, Dan, that, you know, we need Pablo Hernandez back. And I was like, well, he wouldn't have done anything on, on that pitch in that weather in that game. I know it's a, it's, a, it's a sad cliche to say that, you know, players from Spain or whatever don't turn it on on a wet Wednesday night in or wet Saturday lunchtime in, in Sheffield, but we know Pablo Millwall away isn't his game and a, a, a sodden pitch isn't, his, isn't where he likes to play. Um, so in that respect, kind of looking at the way it did become such a, a, a grind, um, you kind of think, well, at least we, we didn't get beaten. And it's the, first, there. Yeah, it's the first time, as you were saying, Michael, where you think, do you know what? I'll take a point there. Yeah, definitely. I think when the start of the second half, they came out, strongly and actually had us pegged back for penned in sorry for probably 25 minutes mm. and that doesn't happen under Bielsa even, even in games when we've lost heavily like the West Brom game last year we still actually had quite a lot of possession in that and it, they were they were scoring goals on counter attacks and stuff but it, it wasn't a case of us being unable to get the ball out it was just that people picking us off whereas this they actually had us pretty much held in their own half the player we probably needed more than Pablo was for sure for that um, that control through the middle, and I think that's been uh, not underrated because people have been mentioning it. But I think he is the player. Well, he's the player who's not going to come back because they can't fix his hip um, or his groin or whichever is wrong or both. Um, but he's the one who does kind of have that midfield control and uh, and could have been useful in there of helping us get out of um, get out of defense, especially with Phillips having to drop back in against the two big lads. Because that's been Monk's thing, is stick the two big lads up and then we have to we have to go three at the back and that means that we haven't got Calvin helping get out of defence because he's in the defence. So that's where Forshaw might have been a, a little bit more um, useful than the Stuart Dallas, bless him. He's not a central midfielder, although we played really well again. 
Let's talk about the two strikers then and, and Bamford. It's almost impossible now to have an objective opinion about Patrick Bamford without somebody jumping on you. As we mentioned on one of the previous podcasts this last week, that it's almost got a bit Brexit-like in its uh, polarisation as the argument about Bamford. And, you're, you're always going to annoy someone with an opinion about Patrick Bamford. Because I, I come, I've come away from that game thinking you can kind of see a lot more of what the two of them offer in those two halves there, in that Bamford you get the running out of him. And we did look more solid with Bamford on the pitch. Uh, but Niketia looked a lot more dangerous and, and more likely to score. I don't think Bamford was that involved um, in the first half today. Against Preston, he was coming deep and actually getting the ball and he was running wide with it. Whereas I, I feel like in the first half of that, he probably only touched it about four or five times. Admittedly, one of those was he was very unlucky not to score with. But I don't know if he'd been told today to stay further forward and more central, but he was just getting nothing up there. Mm-hmm. He was occupying the defenders, wasn't he, rather than um, occupying the ball, which is a thing. Um, and that he was, you know, how unlucky was he with that header? That if it had been any other goalkeeper apart from Kieran Westwood, and if Kieran Westwood had been playing against any other team apart from Leeds United, that little ball would have just nestled into the back of the net and it would have been... Um, a beautiful goal and then it would have been he would have probably had to start the second half although I would have enjoyed um, Bielsa having the conversation with him but beautiful goal uh, get changed um, and it's a shame because you know you would like to see him him score and we were saying uh, last week that um, everybody talks about his confidence and if he gets one it will get he'll go on a run of scoring 10 and that could have been the one um, and yeah his overall contribution in the first half again it's kind of what we we thought about with the um the Birmingham game where you kind of see it's that negative uh praise where you say well when he's not on we don't do x and y is more is what we're kind of starting to say about him rather than when he is on he does do x and y and that's maybe perhaps where you'd maybe give this game to Enketia on points because he was making his own chances basically and he made a couple for some other people um even though he wasn't, uh, you know, throwing himself against uh, Stephen Fletcher or whoever they had in the back four. Who did they have? Was it Fletcher in the back four? I think it was, you know, up front. Fletcher's a striker. <laughs> whoever. I mean, they all look the same. The Sam, Sheffield, Sam Hutchinson. Sam Hutchinson. They're just a bunch of... Giants. Giant, hairy, long-haired. Like, not very long-haired, but like, very... They look like they just marched straight out of the 1970s. Yeah, would disappoint your mum length. Yes, exactly. Um... Yeah, I thought Nketiah did very well when he came on. We did lose control of it, but I didn't I didn't really put that down to his performance because I didn't think Bamford did very much in the first half to to me really mean we controlled the game anymore because mm. we, we just he just felt like they came at us more in the second half. And Nketiah, if he's the one player that you would leave on the halfway line anyway, if even if you held back in, yeah. you're going to you're going to leave someone on there and you might as well leave your fastest best yeah. finisher on, on the he offered, line. he offered threat didn't he and I think we it's easy to make the mistake of thinking that just because we lost control of the game that that's down to changing the strikers I think it's more like a coincidence with the, the, the period of the game isn't it it does keep happening though it does but what is that then is it because it doesn't stick with Nketiah because it didn't seem like we, we gave him the service and yeah. like you were saying he made his own chances he didn't stick with Bamford in the first half though either that was, that's the thing in this game in other matches I've kind of put that lack of control in the second half down to that but that did, Bamford wasn't holding the ball in the first half mm. in this one. So I'm wondering if it's where kind of Enketia runs because, like, trying to understand what Bielsa was talking about his, at his press conference about the meters he runs, uh, that Bamford runs it for the team, whereas Enketia runs them to try and score. Whether there's something that 
the way Bamford runs off the ball means the defenders have to follow him, whereas the way that Enketia runs means they're not in an uncomfortable position, so they're more able to keep their defensive shape solid. And, and you're relying on spontaneous actions, as he would call them. Yeah, and it, but it means that Wednesday then they all their players are where they should be because they're not being pulled out of shape and it means it's easier for them to control the game because they're not, nobody's wondering like where the fuck, why is Stephen Fletcher suddenly in defence because Bamford's made some crazy run and somebody's having to follow him whereas if they can read Enketia a little more a little more easier maybe it's easier for them to, to control the game from, from that point of view or maybe they just got a, a full Monk rocket at half time and came out saying that they weren't going to give Leeds United a sniff but probably, I can't imagine a Monk rocket and probably fair to say for Bamford and Nketiah they didn't really have any service no you no know, I thought Harrison and Costa didn't put a great deal in on the on the wings they didn't really trouble the fullbacks it was only when Nketiah came on and got into wide positions that the fullbacks started getting turned and having to run towards his own goal mm. so those yeah. two, those I think those two weren't great, and through the middle we weren't great. We no one really played that well. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why I was willing. I would give the that match overall if we're if we are pitting um, Eddie against Patrick. Eddie wins that one for me purely because the ball came to him in the penalty area and he shifts his feet and shoots, and then he got the ball out wide and he made some chances for. There was that pullback to Harrison. The shot was blocked, and then it led to Alioski's header um, hitting the post, which was all quite unlucky. And that all came from. Um, and Ketia making something happen on the wing. And then there was that other chance that came from him smashing that guy in the face. So that was good as well. <laughs> the, the problem, perhaps, there's more evidence, do you think? Do you agree that it's a number 10 issue, is this? It's somebody in behind the striker, somebody linking up midfield and, and the attack. I was hoping we'd bring Roberts on actually again today, when particularly in the second half, I didn't think Clitch did very much. And having someone like, like Roberts on who's willing to, again, run at people and maybe pull defences out of shape a little bit more may have made a difference yeah I think I, I've been saying for a couple of weeks I would love to see Roberts more involved I can kind of understand why he maybe wasn't today that it was like let's because you could see the way with the last 20 minutes you could see from the, the, the change with Cooper couldn't you that he wanted to go for more solid by, and by yeah. taking Costa off and putting um, Dallas out wide it was just about keeping shape yeah the risk was if we brought Roberts on and went for it that we'd end up losing 2-0 and I think Bielsa perhaps wisely compared to last season in a, in a way just went I'm just going to bring on Captain Coops and we'll we'll see this out at 0-0 um, which is probably a sensible move but yeah I'd like to see um, yeah I'll just start Roberts fuck Costa off and play Roberts if, until Pablo's back and Costa can um, just sit and think about his life for a while you did see Bielsa at the end giving it calm down I'll be careful he was saying wasn't mm. it? When, it when he was just going into injury time I think the ball was going out and he was just saying be careful be careful which is not like him normally he'd be saying we need to try and win this do you think yeah. he's uh, do you think he's maybe learned a little bit we've evolved from last season and whilst it feels like a bit more of a grind it's not quite as pretty that maybe we are now keeping one eye on the longer game here I, I hope so we've also you know we have, we've not got a particularly strong side out at the moment there's there is People still square pegs in round holes here. Mm. It's not it's not the way he would want to play. So maybe compromising and taking a point away. What is a you know, to be fair, Chef on Wednesday, they're they're up the top of the league. Yeah, it is a tough away game, and we don't have anything like a full strength team. And in key areas, we don't have a full strength team either. We, you know, with Hernandez and Forshaw out, that's that's kind of the core of what we were doing early in the season. So maybe yeah, it is a sensible approach to go, you I know think, what, a point is fine. I think once the season comes to an end and Sheffield Wednesday drop away to 10th, um, we'll look up and we'll be like, that's really annoying that we didn't win that. But at the moment, um, they are in form, they're third. Um, Monk has got that sort of, 
he's got his idea of how he plays against Bielsa and um, and Wednesday. Sort of, they're that kind of one-dimensional in a way that they're just they're kind of quite well set up for what they did today, and they looked really good. Like they looked like they played really well, and so to get out of there. Um, without Forshaw, without Hernandez, with Stuart Dallas in midfield and all that kind of jazz. Um, it's got to represent a decent boy point. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Right, let's talk about what was good then. And I thought we were solid defensively under something of an aerial barrage there. Uh, word for Ben White, who took the man of the match in that game. Well, is it, was it well deserved? Yes. No. <laughs> Comes too easily to him now. There's no point. He doesn't. He won't value that. It's just another one. He'll end up with a million of them. It didn't come easily to him when Alioski sold him that absolute hospital pass, did it? <laughs> he deals with those things as well as anyone, though. If well, this there's, is if it. there's anyone you, you want receiving a hospital pass, it's Ben White. Yeah, he's not just there to defend against the opposition. He's there to defend against our idiots as well. And uh... Alioski was beautifully brainless today. He'd been brainless for most of the game, and then he got up there and did that header, and he could have redeemed himself. Nearly did. He did a. a terrible dive in the first few minutes as well which we were, we were watching this in um, in well the Brunel just up the road and uh, that got a laugh and then Ailing did his standard Luke Ailing one about Ailing, five minutes later and that was a it's the, uh, the copyrighted trademarked Ailing, Ailing yeah. foul Ailing's a bit better at it Alioski sort of went down like old man Steptoe holding his back yeah. very, nobody touching him in this very slow down. I've fallen but yeah Ben White is really really good and a word for uh, the guy next to him, who the the shirt donator, as we like to call him, Berardi, who uh, after the Millwall game, plenty of people were like, get him out of the club, he's a constant liability. And that's two games since, no, three games since, in which he has not been a constant liability. He's been absolutely fine. And I think proved that as long as he's not up against some dickhead scum fan referee, um, he can compose himself and comport himself quite well in this division. And speaking of uh, brainless dickheads, Kiko had a good game as well. He did. Yes. Yeah, he was my next point. I was going to come on to him. He was, I thought, he was very solid and some very good, genuinely good saves today. Yeah, and he, he did a good bit as well in which reminded me actually of what he should have done in the Preston game when there was a ball over the top and it looked like they were going to 
getting behind us and he came out and swept it up and well you say he swept it up he booted it against the striker didn't well he? you know you know the way gone anywhere but it was better than preston yeah it was saying. he uh i had that theory after the charlton game well the mistake at charlton that cost us that goal that he'd kind of at that point he's kind of forgotten how to be a goalkeeper because he'd been sat on Real Madrid bench for so long and then when did he last have like a pre-season where he was going to be the competitive number one in the in the the, the league matches it's, I mean years and years since he's been a regular and so that mistake at Charlton when he had to um, that point blank header I was trying to think of when would would have been the last time that had happened to him in a league game could go back years it was alright doing it in Real Madrid's reserves or whatever Um but now it's almost like he's getting back into the routine again of like, no, every week I am the, the number one goalkeeper and those situations are happening and he like the muscle memory comes back. And uh, and so his 12-match ban when it comes for his uh, <laughs> remarks in the Charlton game will be um, unfortunate. So look at it another way, though. I mean, with Bailey Peacock farrelling goal, do we win, do we get a point out of that game? We lose about 4-0, don't we? Because there were some long shots and he doesn't like long shots. No. What he likes about long shots is if you can reach them and just kind of put them back towards his goal. <laughs> So he likes about long shots, but or just watch them, just watch. Them. I'm sure you've documented them all in uh, in some sort of video compendium. Maybe. Well, once upon a time, there's not much to document anymore. Every now and again, uh, now and then, he pops up for Northern Ireland, does something laughable, and then he disappears for a few <laughs> weeks. So, but uh, but no, that's probably a good point. Like Kiko um, earned that point as much as anybody today, and then as much as all the focus is on should it be Bamford or Enketia, um it, you do get those games in a, a season when you're trying to get promoted from this fucking horrible division where it's all about the defence and it's all about um, you just come up against a team that's that's in the mood and you have to uh, you have to Ben White and Kiko Casilla and Gatano Barada your way out of it. And we did. I mean, if we beat QPR at the weekend and everything's an if and a bot in this division, but if we beat them at the weekend, then it's not looking like an altogether terrible week, is it, to get five points out of those three games? It's, these are both tough away games we've we've just had. Other seasons we'd have been perfectly happy with this. It's just that this is the season that it's all on. It's, it is a shit or bust season and probably less so today, but Preston the other night felt like we could have won that. Whereas this, yeah, just take the point. Take the point and leave Gary Monk talking about attacking... Whatever, what was he saying? He, he said it, he said something in a real wank Gary Monk way after the game and I thought, oh... He speaks like he's a foreign coach, does Gary Monk? Like English isn't his first language. Like we have, we have good attacking, uh, good attacking moments, and in the third, final third, and so he's like, "Shut up, Gary." Do you think Gary Monk has ever said anything in front of a press, like in a press conference, in front of a, a member of the press, with like any sort of humanity or sincerity, <laughs> or is it all because he genuinely just trots out cliches? Offensive actions is offensive the actions. That was had, it. Uh, um, if any team was going to win that game, I think we deserved it, especially second half. We had the most offensive actions in the game. And if you compare that to uh, Marcelo Bielsa's comments where he says that uh, to have a good democracy, you don't just have to vote. Always everyone describes the Chilean people as moderate people. They have a conviction and they are solid people. Um, there's a bit of a, you can say there's a difference mm. there in... Uh, I mean, Michael, what, what do you think Gary Monk might have said about Chilean politics? <laughs> I said that, they said they should ask him. And I did see um, Paul Robinson on Twitter as well suggesting they should ask the Chilean president about Leeds' failure to score goals. <laughs> well, it's interesting about the group, isn't it? Uh... They're, they're a good group, a strong group. There's a million people in the streets where you see the, the, the pack in the area. <laughs> What's that phrase again? Attacking. It's a, 
uh, offensive actions. Offensive actions, actions. yeah. Which Fuck is off, Gary. another way of describing him looking in the mirror. I mean, that is that is definitely him aping a foreign coach who's trying to explain something not in his first language, but he's heard it and thought that sounds that sounds clever. I'm going to say it like that as well. It reminds me of when Paul Heckingbottom used to every press conference, he'd kind of he'd, he'd scratch his nose and he'd say, "Yeah, we're doing a lot of work with the ball, without the ball," and he'd kind of look at everybody as if he's about to get caught out. It's like. <laughs> Okay, I'll, go, I'll go away with that one. Don't ask any follow-up questions. Yeah. Don't ask any follow-up What are they going to do with the ball then, Paul? Try and score. Um, Without the ball, try not to concede. You have not got that far in the book yet. Mm. And he'll be saying those same lines when he's at, I don't know, Derby or Forest next year as well. Monk. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, that, as I said, the annoying thing about Sheffield Wednesday is they are in good form at the moment. I think they played very well today, and I think a point is the fair result because, the, yeah, they were decent, but they're not going to be like that all season. They'll finish eighth. They're not going to be in the playoffs. I mean, again, you can see the same thing. We played Preston uh, earlier on this week and they've been losing at the time of recording and they're 2-0 down at home to Blackburn at half-time, which is just very... It's the very post... It's, it's the post-lead slump. It's. I think that's where not getting beaten today is good. I know it's not what everybody wants in terms of... We, I mean, I started the season here um, saying that I wanted us to win every game. And I still would like us to start winning every game and win them all until now, to the end of the season. But the 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 season... (laughs) That one, yeah. The division is not like that, um, as we know. Um, So to not lose as many games as possible is all to the good. If we can get an unbeaten run going, this is three now, um, that stands you in good stead. And, um, And yes, it sounds so fucking banal as to be pointless that not losing is better than losing sorry study on Gary <laughs> with two R's but it's you know there's an element of truth in that is that if we just keep not losing we'll be alright and there's a fair chance I mean Fulham are drawing at the moment if that stays as it is we're still second yeah and, and that's the thing like Fulham on form they should be uh, putting Middlesbrough away but they're down to 10 men actually as, as I write this well, I'm not writing, I'm speaking. Yeah, I mean, we always um, think that we exist on an island, don't we, and think that we, uh, we're we kind of dropping these points here and there in isolation, but we're not. This division's mental, and yeah. they all take points off each other. Yeah, Fulham have had a player sent off on 17 minutes. Marek uh, Rodak has been sent off for handling on the line. So they're not having an easy time against Middlesbrough, and Middlesbrough are fucking rubbish. Johnny Woodgate is their manager. Like, how good are they ever going to be? So that's... Um, and that's just where it's all that Fulham are probably like us, where they're expected to just blast through this division. What? Um, sorry, what, what game was it that Middlesbrough were on TV the other night? I don't know. Was it Wednesday, the night after we played, wasn't it? They played mm. somebody equally terrible. Christ, I nearly slipped into a coma watching that. It was so bad. It was so bad. Let's go back to Leeds today then, and what other positives can we take out of this game? Because we'd like to look forward to the weekend, and uh, rather than looking ahead with doom, let's look forward with positivity. I thought Calvin did well. Trying to break because they had to do a lot of defensive work today because they had the well they had Reach who's kind of coming in from from one wing and he's about six foot two then the two big strikers so Calvin was drafted in to help with a lot of the a lot of the rough stuff <laughs> but poor little um, Alioski can't can't quite handle so he did well um, clean sheet that helps does yeah Sli- right, slightly yeah. fortuitous at times the one that hit the bar and could have gone in off Kiko but but then you say the same Alioski hit the post Bamford had that one saved on that Harrison had that one cleared off the line yeah so it's a game with a few chances and I know Gary Monk's banging on about them having the most offensive actions but I would say we had more chances that came closer to going in mm. so he can just ram that down his horrible little 
his little throw. Uh, another positive, um, although I've yet to see it, uh, but I've seen enough uh, tweets about Jermaine Beckford owning Keith Andrews in the aftermatch, and I have seen the clip of him saying that he wants to see um, Patrick Bamford and our strikers busting a nut in the mm-hmm. penalty area. I think that's a positive from today. Definitely. Uh, anybody who puts Keith Andrews back in his box is... Uh, is well, apparently Andrews has been saying that um, Nketiah should have been sent off. I mean, should he? We haven't touched on that yet. Should he have done? No. I don't think it was deliberate. No. Although it wouldn't, equally, it wouldn't surprise me if they managed to cite him for this after the game. I think he's just, um, it's a movement of the arm as if you're kind of throwing somebody off and yeah. he's not thought about whether his head's going to be there or not and his head's there. It's not what you expect his head to be, really. I don't know if you caught it in the aftermath, the replay of that. What was the name of the guy? Yes. Him. Um, you saw him mouth the words afterwards, I caught me with his arm, but it's all right. He said that in the aftermath of it. So you don't get the feeling that there's a big... Good lad, give him a FIFA well, Fair Play award. Whereas Forestieri came on and, and <laughs> was writhing against one of Calvin's standing legs and managed to get a free kick. It was a very strange thing. He sort of squirmed up on it, squirmed up his right leg and managed to get a free kick. Trying, he's trying to curry favour from Bielsa there because he loves Bielsa, doesn't he? That referee was a bit of a bozo. <laughs> bozo, great word. <laughs> Do we need to mention, um, speaking of the fouls, Bamford's one on the ankle, which he did, he did get caught on the ankle, but somehow his ankle then flew into went, the air. He went full Gordon Watson, didn't he? He did, it went full, it went full um, landmine. <laughs> blew him blew him sky high somehow <laughs> I did enjoy seeing that yeah and it annoys the opposition so I'm all for it and if I don't know what um, Moscow's favourite Cockney will have been doing today if, if he was maybe watching it but he'll have enjoyed that <laughs> <laughs> he's doing it again they've probably got a game but he's, he'll have a little uh, alert on his phone Chris, w- Chris Wilder there for the benefit yeah. of anybody who has not got the previous reference to his, his half time team talk would just be right right we need to keep it tight try and get a point here and have right in Bamford <laughs> You won't believe what he's like, boss, boss, concentrate. Bamford. Um, Heroes and villains from today. Any any early candidates before we do this week's podcast in a couple of days? Kiko and Ben White, they were were our two best players today. Yeah. Um, Alioski. Really? For being a bit crap, but you still love him anyway. That's that's kind of, that's heroic. Yeah, I posted a uh, a picture on the Squareball account of, uh, I think it was, was it the lion, the scaredy lion from the Wizard of Oz? He's the one without a brain, isn't he? And there was a, the pre-match photo of him being angry at the rain. He was shouting at the, at the sky as if to make it stop raining. So <laughs> he's he's come out with something. Um, the people of Chile, I yep. feel like we should support them in their struggle for a more equal society. Yep. There's, uh, and Bielsa has spoken very well about how they are uh, requesting a a stronger democracy and um, a more equal uh, spread of resources in uh, one of the richest countries in South America in the proper way. Um, and that uh, from it seems like after declaring that the, the country was at war last Sunday, the, uh, the, the peaceful persistence of the protesters is um, bringing them around to uh, enacting the reforms that they're asking for. So I think, um, although we may have only got a point at Hillsborough, um, the Chilean people are going to get a three points away in Santiago or home in Santiago is where they live isn't it so not, that's good not quite where I expected today's match ball podcast to go but I'm sure it's not where um, Marcelo Bielsa in fact let's nominate uh, Graham Smith because it was his tweet that said um, uh, Marcelo Bielsa is being asked about um, the situation in Chile a moment ago he was saying that um uh, yes, here it is. Bielsa being asked to comment on the situation in Chile by a Spanish-speaking journalist. He had previously been talking of how it was a fairly similar game for both sides. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the world of Marcelo Bielsa's Leeds United. Before he potters back off to Morrison's this evening and picks up the uh, the late deals on the pie counter, no doubt. Excellent. He, um, told it, he said he's, he doesn't like that people are fascinated by where he shops. 
Mm. These are Irish press conferences. Yeah, so, I did. Yeah, yeah, but I'm still fascinated. By I know he can fucking shove it. I don't care. <laughs> it's uh, no people now don't, don't care what he thinks about Enkesia versus Bamford, and we all want to know where he shot. I would happily follow him round, looking in his trolley, noting mm-hmm. down every item that he bought, trying to see whether they begin with the letter N or the letter B to try and work out which striker is more in favour. <laughs> uh, villains from today, then. He's bought some spam. That means he's starting Bamford. <laughs> Dobbly bobblies. What do I think now? <laughs> Um, well Monk is a villain just because it's Gary Monk he's an easy one too he's an easy target isn't he the old snake there Uh, and he'll he'll leave there'll be be probably a takeover I don't know Blackbird will get bought by some some billionaires this year and he'll just think "Mm, well him and his uh, him and his agents still have got a a transfer window to get through aren't they so see what happens in in January and see how many signs of his clients mm, yeah. see how lucrative that, that is for, for all concerned and um, delete your hard drive uh, this time <laughs> before you leave the club uh, and we may as well toss uh, Keith Andrews in there just for old time's sake yeah. you didn't see him didn't see anything he said no but he's bound to have been a prick <laughs> <laughs> and Jermaine, Jermaine Beckford as well yeah if he's on one side of the fence yeah he can be yeah. nominated as a hero and uh, then Keith can go on the other side because he's an arsehole and he hates Leeds doesn't he um is that it? Do we have any more to say on today? Because it feels like it's the first time we've come out of a game and we're kind of just like, oh, well, fair enough. It's kind of a relief. There's nothing really to get, like, angry about. Uh, Bamford didn't make any offensive misses and Ketia wasn't um, so much better than him that you you become angry that he's not starting instead. So that that kind of... And I think there's maybe... I felt a bit like you could see both sides of that debate today. You could see um, Bamford... If it wasn't Westwood, he would have scored that goal and that he, you know, whether it is a coincidence that we go to shit when he's out of the team. But then you could also see Enketi are putting more in um, work work rate-wise. So I think they both probably, like, boosted their their own uh, arguments for starting. Mm-hmm. So so there's not really... Like, like you can't be mad at either yeah. of them in about that situation after that game. It's just another game where it goes on. And I suppose... With two home matches against Blackburn and QPR coming up, we've got to be, yeah, win those and then we'll be all right. We'll probably be promoted after that. <laughs> right. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Matchball Podcast. We'll be back on the main one uh, through the week and then again after the QPR game. We'll speak to you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.